Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast is about strategies to think positively every day. We will cover relationships, positive energy, the power of attraction, and how to mindfully experience each day so that you can become your best self. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today, I have Rachel McLeod with us. Rachel is a mental health therapist who has helped clients move through anxiety, depression, and trauma disorders and into remission. She's developed a program that empowers people to skillfully get rid of symptoms and heal. And I love her wonderful mission, which is to empower people to do their own healing work effectively, safely, and skillfully. So thanks, Rachel, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, about me. I am a mom to five kids. How many? Five. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I've been married to for 18 years. I became a therapist and hated it. I really was not happy with the results I was getting. And I just quit. After about three years of just building a family, I had three children at the time. I had my third massive mental health crisis. Gosh, I could not solve my problems. I was so confused. I was very codependent. I finally got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. And just the tip of the iceberg for me because I, I really grew up in a family with a lot of trauma. And I thought I was okay because I didn't have that stuff happen to me. But because I was raised by people with massive trauma, they're the ones who wired me and helped me develop my subconscious programming and my definition of who I am and how relationships work. And a lot of that stuff did not work in relationships. And I was just in this dysfunctional cycle with my husband who had a lot of childhood trauma as well. And so here, both of us come with with a lot of complex trauma and we're just making our lives worse for each other. And my personal mental health was just really down the drain. If that's I had really to- interesting that, yeah. because, you know, a lot of people think if it didn't happen to me, it doesn't affect them. I think we're all a product of what we witness in childhood. So it does affect yeah. us. Right. It really does. And many people are very surprised by that. Myself included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a therapist, I did not go out here saying I'm a therapist with an untreated mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. That's not what I was out there showing up for. But here I was, I couldn't make my life work and I couldn't use my brain to make my life work. And I ran into this woman who really helped my family, my son with a health condition he was experiencing. And uh, she was an alternative healer. And Mm -hmm. she handed me my first intervention. She said, here, try this. It will change your life. And she handed me emotional freedom techniques which is mm-hmm. one of the amazing interventions. But at the time I thought she had handed me something very weird and strange. And it's very different from any of the traditional talk therapy practices, mm-hmm. which for me at the time was appealing because I was mad at therapy. <laughs> right. Not going. right. And so I was willing to try this very weird thing. And I also like weird. So that was <laughs> good too. So do I. So that night I had watched the training DVD set that she gave me for this Mm -hmm. and I knew just a little bit. And so she said, try it. I was willing to try it. And so 
I had racing thoughts that night and I was going to begin another round of insomnia that I had developed by this time with three children under three, somebody was going to wake me up. I was panicking at night. Like I got to get to sleep. If I don't get to sleep, you know? And so I tried this little tapping thing and I figure out which points to tap on. And I do one round and I yawn. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then I do another round. I fall right to sleep. I didn't choose to fall asleep. I just, wiped out I woke up the next morning and I had slept so long and I was so excited and I was like what else can I try this on and I started using it on all of the symptoms that were showing up in my life and that really began me on this journey to figure things out at first I just use it on symptoms Mm -hmm. and then I symptoms keep showing up then I started looking under the root of those symptoms and finally resolving things at the root and just feeling all this freedom feeling more like myself getting myself untangled from codependent dynamics my husband started healing and then life started working again and then Mm -hmm. I was like I wonder if I can help people with this so that's really when I started my own practice and then I started helping people resolve their disorders and then I was like I wonder if we can do this faster. <laughs> so then I started teaching people the interventions themselves so that we would team up on this stuff and that they wouldn't just be working with their brain in our sessions. I would give them little assignments like this is what your brain is doing that we want it to work through and resolve. And so I'd send them off to do that work whenever it would show up during their day mm-hmm. and then come back with me and we'd go deeper and we'd do higher skill stuff. We'd use my skill set. But eventually, as I kept teaching them more and they started healing more, I'd teach them all these advanced skills so that by the time we had resolved their disorder, they also were very highly trained in things that really you spend a lot of time in therapy learning. I felt like this is your brain. You should be able to work it with like just the way you don't need to have a therapist to help you work with your brain. Right. It's nice, but we should know how to work this thing. Right. And so that's really what got me here. That's what I'm doing. And so that's why I'm passionate about this because, boy, I'm going to say it like this. It sucks to suck, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because I know the tapping technique. And it's when you do show it to people initially, they think, how is that going to work? Like they think it's a little crazy seeming and it is, why is it so effective? Do you think, can you describe the technique since we aren't on video and explain to people how you think it works? Yeah, absolutely. I think about that a lot. I don't think about that a lot anymore because I feel like I have a good theory, working theory. Mm -hmm. I was trained in EMDR and it works and it also gets results, similar results. And then I'm trained in thought-filled therapy at the advanced level and it gets the same results. And then I go over here and do this energy medicine practice and we're working totally differently and it gets the same results. Mm -hmm. What I've come to understand is that the brain has its own natural process for resolving symptoms there's a point in the process that if the brain does not get the support it needs, the whole process malfunctions and shuts down. Mm -hmm. And so that could be healing, don't get healed. Because when the process shuts down, whatever was on this healing conveyor belt gets kicked off and sent back into wherever it came from. Mm -hmm. And so really, if we can help keep this process open, then these symptoms that we're experiencing get resolved. And symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress are actually evidence that the brain is trying to heal itself and is stuck. And so these are actually transformational growth opportunities, but they're so painful that we really run from them and avoid them Mm -hmm. and 
we intuitively know that our brain cannot process it. It's only going to hurt us. And just looking closer at this stuff, what I find is that where this process goes wrong is when the, the unprocessed emotion of anything in our life becomes so distressing that the survival system is alerted to, hey, there's something bad going on and we need help. And so it jumps in and decides this is dangerous. It shuts the process down and that will shift us into a survival. Whatever emotion that's surfacing within us that we're feeling, when that gets too overwhelming to the system, our brain alerts the survival system to, hey, we're in danger. Or the survival system is paying attention, really. Mm -hmm. And it says, hey, this is not okay. We need to get away from this. So that survival system will shut down the brain's healing process. And it's a reaction. It's just how our brains are created. That part of the brain's job is to get us away from pain, get us away from danger. Some of these emotions that surface within us can register as pain, mm -hmm. but that emotion actually needs to get to the part of the brain that will understand it, resolve it, use that emotion as information and as energy and create awesome things for us. Mm -hmm. But because it's triggering the survival system. We're going into states of fight, flight, freeze, or faint to get away from our own emotions or mm -hmm. situations that have happened. And so that emotion that was coming up and making its way through to the part of the brain that really needs it to create good things for us, it gets kicked off, sent back down, and it will just repeat. Let me say this. The survival system's native language is the body. And so if you understand that piece of this, you can see why the interventions are so effective. Mm -hmm. Talk therapy strategies, they match the front of our brain, the thinking center of our brain. That's mm -hmm. not where this problem occurs. That's not where anxiety symptoms get resolved or are created. Mm -hmm. It really is where the survival system interprets this stuff as dangerous and takes a left. And so if we can really support the survival system to, hey, let's actually not go left, but let's stay here and and let this stuff move through our system and get fully processed. Mm -hmm. If we can convince that part of the brain to do that, these symptoms resolve in moments, 30 seconds or less, two minutes or less. Because the survival system is listening to the body, you can use the body to send messages to it that we're safe and let this healing happen, which we're actually doing this all the time. That's what emotional eating is about. That's what people go on runs and why they pace and why they go on walks and why they go for a swim or why they hug each other or why they end up rocking or while they're going in a closed space like a closet and sit and regulate themselves. They're actually working with their body to send messages to the brain that we're safe. We can calm down now. Oh. We just don't know that we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And so... These interventions, like emotional freedom techniques, is a meridian-based intervention like acupuncture, but with no needles. Mm -hmm. And so you're tapping on points of the body where you can use this tapping to send messages to the survival system that we're calm, we're safe, we can calm down. Mm -hmm. We can shift out of the survival state or avoid it altogether and complete the healing work. We can get this stuff that would be determined pain and get it processed. Mm -hmm. So that when you're tapping, do you, do you start on the head or can, is there a process that you have to follow or is it really whatever you want to make up? 90% um, of the rules of emotional freedom techniques don't need to be followed. You can get really creative with this as much as you want. You're going to get massive high results. It works with about 80% of all symptoms which is a really wonderful number. Right. And which is also the reason why I went and got trained in other interventions, because I'm like, what about that last 20%? Right. A huge believer in energy healing. I mean, I've seen the power of that 
with my own family. And it's yeah. a great thing to combine EFT with. Yeah. And it's really wonderful because it works with the other parts of the brain. The subconscious mind loves that. The body, it really works with the body. The body has healing work to do. If you don't get the symptoms out of the body, you're not going to resolve your disorder. You're not going to resolve the anxiety anyway. And so it's really more important to work with these other parts than it is to work with the thinking center because usually the Mm -hmm. thinking center is doing the best that it can do with the information available. And if you think about all this other emotion and stuff that's trying to make it through the system, if it can't get that, it's not going to get the rest of the story. It's Mm -hmm. not going to come solutions and it's not going to be able to heal itself and so why sit up there with the thinking center and try to understand all this stuff when we can just go back and help it give it all this other information so that it gets the full picture and it can actually start helping us right and so so it's a pound of an ounce of working with the body is worth a pound of thinking this stuff right you talk a lot about thinking centers and going down that rabbit hole and I find a lot of Young people today, the rumination takes over their whole life and replaying conversations and scenarios and their own baggage that comes with different triggers about everything. And that just sets them up for this negative frame of mind. How do they get out of that rabbit hole? Yeah, what's really, really wonderful about young folk (laughs) (laughs) and even younger is that these emotions, these problems they're experiencing are really painful. These are painful no matter who's experiencing them, but to be new to the world and in this amount of pain, it's mm-hmm. just, it's uncalled for. But brains process that really, really fast. So a lot of teenagers resolve these things very quickly and move on. Mm-hmm. When they resolve in childhood or in the teen years, they just keep growing in momentum and complexity. And these are the same issues you deal with when you're 30, 40, 50, and 60 and beyond. All brains struggle somewhere, right? Yeah. If your brain is struggling with resolving a past conversation, which it needs to finish that process because it needs to work through that conversation. But if it's stuck and looping on there and not completing it, mm-hmm. and you use intervention here, all of a sudden you break out of the loop and your brain also is like, oh, I know why that happened. I know what we can do. Or, oh, I'm missing some information. Let me go ask my teacher or my uncle Bob or my aunt Sally or my mom or my dad. And you're in the problem solving mm-hmm. phase of it, of the misery, pain, repeating loop. Once you complete that loop, and your brains and you move into the next phases, now you're in the maturing phase of things, which is what all of us have to be doing. This process of resolving symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress that can be shut down is the same process that we use for maturing. Mm-hmm. They made. How can they resolve it? How do you move forward? Well, if it's a simple issue, which I would assume all things are simple first, that's where I always start is just by thinking about that conversation and using tapping, use the emotional freedom techniques. So for instance, back to the emotional freedom techniques, you really want to start by tapping on the side of the hand. That's the one rule I would really say is worth following. Mm -hmm. And so you're tapping on the side of the hand, thinking about that conversation. Gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. And, and you get to be miserable with it. This is like when you get to be miserable because you're actually helping your system, your body, your mind do its misery process and be finished with it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to just, gosh, I wish I hadn't said that. Or I bet they think this about me. And this is, you're tapping on the side of your hand, just thinking these thoughts. 
and then you're going to tap on your eyebrow points. These are, there's a, there's charts for this. I, I hand out a chart on my, from my email list. So in the very first email, I make this, this chart available. So people can follow along with that if they'd like, but this is also information that's out there. Right. So um, you're tapping on the eyebrow points. And while thinking about this last conversation, you don't need words. Uh, most people, words will hold them back, but there are some people that just need their way of processing things are through words. So they will naturally just, gosh, I'm goodness, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. You'll remember their face and, and and you'll think about what it meant or you'll think about maybe somebody who overheard it or, oh my gosh, what if someone so-and-so finds out and you worry right? and you brain complete its worry function, which is figuring out social dynamics. Right. And so this, and that can take anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes to work through, especially for kids. Right. If you're an adult, you might, as you're working through it, your brain might say, well, remember that time when you were four? While you're tapping, you're trying to mind your business here in the present. But then your brain says, hey, here's that thing when you were four. It's just like it. A lot of times your brain knows how to solve these problems. And if you help your brain, then you will get what you want. So what I always recommend is go, go with your brain to this time when you were four. And think about that and look through that and tap with that. Mm-hmm. If you, Sometimes we can't because it's too painful. There are other advanced tricks for that that I absolutely teach people. But for the most part, a lot of people can go back there and look through that time when they were four. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, this is working because you feel calm. Your brain will naturally get bored with things and be like, I don't want to look at that. You can actually say, no, no, let's go back. And your brain's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm over that. I got another fish to fry. Yeah. And that is a really great sign that it's working. Other things you'll notice is that your body will get calm. Your thoughts will be more logical. And then you'll start noticing your brain trying to make solutions. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the solution modes, you, it might not be very good solutions because your brain's just getting more information and it's making suggestions that are really still far off. But the fact that it's doing that is huge success because that's a part of the front of the brain moving, not being stuck in a survival state in a different part of the brain. Mm-hmm. You Problem talked solved. about having OCD and with the with the tapping technique, do you still feel like you have OCD symptoms or have they dissipated? You know what? I, I can have stuff that will sneak up on me and... I'm like, oh, this is an OCD thing. But it happens so infrequently. Like, it happens so many years apart. Mm-hmm. It's always relevant and helpful information. I really welcome symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress in my life because they're a sign that our brain needs some help. It's like trying to work on something but can't. And so here it is. But it doesn't need to be a disorder. It doesn't need to be something that bogs me down. Those right. symptoms are to human brains because I know how to work with this stuff I'm like oh what's the problem I can find that problem resolve it help my brain resolve it and we're done right but I've been stuck in an obsessive compulsion gosh in years it must have been three or four years ago I was working with somebody with OCD Mm -hmm. as a therapist which this happens their symptoms so mirrored mine that I hadn't thought about I think ever And all of a sudden I was in panic and I didn't even realize I was in a panic because it was a very quiet panic. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is me. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm panicking. (laughs) The therapist who panics. I love it. You're so authentic. 
I was, thinking, I was talking to my naturopath and about something. And I said, you know, this thing happened to me the other day. And this and that and this and that. And I told her about it. She's like, yeah, well, you already know. You just embrace these things. And I was like, yeah, but I, it didn't even occur to me to embrace it. Like when you're in a survival state, fight, flight, freeze, or faint, your brain actually turns down your thinking center to about 20%. Mm -hmm. It's like, we don't need to be thinking right now. We need to survive. We need all of in our arms and legs. And so you cannot think clearly during those times. No, that's why it's it's nice to have a community that can tell you, Hey, you're tripping. (laughs) Right, right. No, it's so true. After I came out of, I, once she said that I just started tapping right there in her office because she knows I'm weird. And (laughs) (laughs) and I came out of, I was was calm again. I was like, wow, I'm panicking. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm tapping through that and I'm calm again. And I just start laughing because I was like, I have never felt that kind of panic before. How interesting. I know. I, one time I was in a really long line and I was so frustrated because this line was absurd and it was almost like people didn't want to help you. And my kids were with me and I started doing alternate nostril breathing. (laughs) They were just like, stop, not in public. (laughs) But it made me feel so calm and it was so weird and out there. And I was like, people need to see this. (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) You just freak people out and then they're like, whoa, she feels better. we grow into this stuff i think that when we understand this is how brains work this is when you shift into a survival state you don't have choices that's a really good way to know which part of the brain you're in do i have a choice right now Mm -hmm. because choices are in the front of the brain the thinking center and if your thinking center is shut down and you're in a survival state you you don't have choices your survival system said i'm taking all your choices away i'm we're going to run this survival program because we'll live right right that's not about we'll survive we'll thrive We'll make our relationships great. No, we're going to live and screw everybody else. And it's really important for them to come up with techniques to be able to help the brain. Because otherwise, you can't make decisions. I mean, that's why you date the asshole. Mm -hmm. That's why you can't figure out what to wear and you bug all your roommates for an hour. Totally. You think, oh, it's not affecting other people, but it is. Yeah, it does. And it's a simple thing. It's kind of computer programming. Mm -hmm. Your brain is so much smarter than any computer you talk with your survival system, these interventions also desensitize the emotional distress that's surfacing. It's like if you go to the dentist and they're going to work on your tooth, they numb it first and then they do the work. Same thing with these interventions. We can really desensitize these things, which means take out the emotional charge, take out the pain Mm -hmm. and your brain will be, and then the whole healing team gets in there in your brain. I'm sure there's a whole healing team and they come and they can work on it. Right. I love um, that idea. The healing team <laughs> comes working on your brain. I believe that. I believe if you think that it happens. And there's truth to that as well. That's pulling in the subconscious mind to do a lot of the healing work. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful way to heal as well. Well, what symptoms do people still have after years of therapy, coaching or self-help? Gosh, there's some of the general ones, which is any mm-hmm. symptom of any just because you're done with coaching doesn't mean that your brain knows everything in the world and will have no problems with anything, mm-hmm. right? We're constantly growing. We're constantly opening up new avenues of ourself. If we're, if we're doing this, if we're, if our, we can, right? If our brain, if we're not healing the old stuff, that means that our brain's healing process is not, is going to be fixated on the old stuff. It prioritizes that stuff as opposed to the new stuff. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people will notice they're just stuck. 
they're stuck in a relationship, they're stuck in this dynamic, or they might notice any of these things. But it's this point where you really want these tools to be able to help your your your, your brain mm-hmm. keep moving. Sometimes I work with a lot of clients who still have a disorder after all of that work and they're so frustrated, but these clients usually heal so quickly because even though they haven't been able to complete their healing process with all these issues, mm-hmm. everything's really well organized. So it's like their brain, they get this healing tool. It's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then the work that their brain wants to do in the order, their brain wants to do it. And they just get in there and help them with these tools. And all of a sudden they're noticing all this growth, all this maturity and brains make new ways of being for us. And so maybe we're yelling, fighting with a parent or fighting with one of our children and we're just stuck in that. And mm-hmm. so you can use these tools for that. And the next thing you know, you're saying different things in these conversations. You're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Healthy brain function, right? <laughs> making new healthy things, especially if you notice that you have all these great tools, but when you get in the scenario, you can't use them. That's a sign that your brain needs some help here because it's not taking the information and making something cohesive, new, and healthy. This can be as simple as you train and practice in public speaking, but you get out there and you're frozen. Mm -hmm. Or you read all the books on parenting, but you get out there and you're still yelling or you're still withdrawing. So we, we notice these things, but we don't always know, hey, this is a brain function issue. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll say, I'm broken. I'm unlovable. There's something wrong with me. And this is going down the wrong route. And these lead to spirals and more self-harm. And, right. and What do you them. say about a, a mother-daughter, say? The daughter has lots of friends, gets along with everyone outside the home. The mother, same story. But then when they get together, they're combative and... They don't know how to stop it. Like, is there a reason for that? Yes. And I don't know what that reason would be. That would be where we explore it. Mm -hmm. We can take a recent interaction and kind of work through it in like frame by frame, like a movie, right? Mm -hmm. And and we can see what each brain's doing Mm -hmm. in this and and give the brain the support it needs to be doing the thing it actually wants to be doing. Mm -hmm. Not that it was programmed to do whenever. Right. I mean, this is someone that I, she's always wants to complain about her situation, but I'm like, she's great. I don't understand why they would be combative. When I've looked underneath the hood of these things, a lot of times what I'll see is it's usually the mom. Interesting. As a mom, I hate to say that. (laughs) It's usually. I want to be on mom here. Yeah. (laughs) Because I have my own teenagers, but it's usually the mom. And a lot of times it can be, we can be stuck in patterns of seeing our own image in them, our own behaviors in them. And mm-hmm. actually we see that we're having a survival state, a survival reaction to it. Either we want to fight it. We want to run from it. We want to freeze. We want to faint in front of it. We want to do all those things in front of it. Sometimes we will see things our children are doing that are against our subconscious belief system, not our conscious belief system. Consciously, we're like, go do it. You're awesome. This is great. But unconsciously, we are like, this is bad. Something's wrong. Something bad is going to happen. So that stuff underneath has to be resolved. And so that both the conscious and the unconscious match. And there's a brain, This your brain needs to do this. You can't tell your brain through your thinking center, hey, make these two things match. No, you actually have to come into the back end of this and work with the parts of yourself. And this does, this can take five to 40 minutes 
to get this alignment and to get all parts of you into cohesion so that the, these unconscious beliefs and ways of being, your brain will actually release those and get those out of you or update them or like cut them in half. I like this, but I don't like this part of it. Let's throw that away. Let's take this program and attach to that, make it bigger. You know, there's brains do all sorts of stuff with this, not usually my business and brains are amazing and brilliant. So I always love the product, whether it's in myself or a client. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but <clears throat> But these are the things that we find. These are a couple of the things that we find underneath this is Mm -hmm. that the child is somehow triggering some sort of internal conflict, a survival state or bringing up emotional distress that the mom's brain is having difficulty processing. Oh, interesting. What are some of the, sorry, I was about to cut you off. What are some of the obstacles to getting rid of symptoms when you have already tried many interventions and strategies over the years? The first one that I don't know that anyone can get away from is that sometimes you just situation to see it. And, and that's really, and I, I think we're designed like that because we are pack animals and and our brain does a lot of healing in the presence of other healthy people. It does a lot of actually physical healing, like making your your nervous system, like the, the coding around your nervous system stronger, thicker, and healthier even, you know, mm-hmm. um, changing the different the sizes of your brain, different parts of your brain, all these sorts of things in the presence of others. And so, so a lot of times is being able to see the issue is the hardest part. The the brain result, like once you see something, it's in your conscious awareness and you have the tools and you know how to work with your brain. And sometimes you don't even need the tools because your brain is so practiced at this stuff that it can resolve it itself. It's just, I, I can't see it. Your brain's in there like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't find this thing. There's a problem. I can't see it. I can't find it. And a lot of times a friend or a therapist or somebody in your life will point it out to you or maybe you're reading it in a book and you finally let you have the aha, this is what it is. And then now you can begin to work with it. Resolving issues is so easy. That's like, that's the part that is, it's, you just do this. You you use an intervention, you use it for two to five minutes, or if it's a more complex issue, you're looking at 40 minutes, three hours, whatever. Mm -hmm. Why do so many people who are the strong ones in their relationship have a difficult time overcoming this pattern so they can like experience deeper fulfillment and connection. I think it's that piece again. It's the difficulty seeing it. When we have so many expectations, Mm -hmm. our brain is set up just to see things how we expect it to to see it. Mm -hmm. We're the strong one. We're going to see everything as we're the strong one. That means we're, we're telling our brain, don't show me any of my weaknesses. I can't, I can't, that we're not here for that. I'm not allowed to have any weaknesses. That's why a lot of times people say, oh, my gosh, like I need like I get to have weaknesses. And then the next thing seeing all of their weaknesses. And that's because we're 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 actually working with the part of the brain called the reticular activating system that is filtering out all this information that is not important to our belief system. And we can also work with that to filter in the information that is according to our belief system, like I get to have weaknesses. And I get to look at myself. I get to be loved even though I have these weaknesses. So people who are typically the strong ones, they can start including these other aspects of themselves into their life just by working with their brain in the way that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And that is such a relief. Their adrenals are thankful. They're like all their body, the stress, right? It's so taxing to be the strong one that in, in all the relationships because you're worrying about everybody else. Oh, what if they're not able to do this? There's just a big mental and emotional load that takes a big toll on the body. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it can well, be a challenge. Well, everybody has something going on that they need to work through. I do see a lot of strong women, especially, that try to take care of everyone else and not themselves. And so it kind of gets you into a downward spiral in a way. But what happens when you live in fight or flight? Because a lot of people will hear all this and they won't start doing tapping techniques and really researching ways to help their brain. What does it do do physically to the body when we know it makes the cortisol skyrocket, but there's no pill to lower cortisol levels? Like this, you have to do the work yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, staying in a fight or flight is so expensive on your vitamins, on your minerals, on your hormones. And it really, if you can think about it, when you're in a state of fight, flight, freeze, or faint, that can be triggered by anything your brain thinks is dangerous, even if it's no longer dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so it, if you imagine that through a lifetime, if your brain is collecting things that are dangerous, the amount of times it's going to be triggered into a survival state increases. So it's so good to learn early or learn as soon as possible that this situation is not dangerous, letting your brain learn that so that when it encounters that again, it doesn't shift you into a fight or flight. But when you have all these things here, survival states are they're they're on the opposite route as the, the states of healing and relaxation. So as long as you're on a survival route, you're not doing your healing and relaxation stuff where the creativity is and the healing and the repair is, the deep sleep and the healing sleep is. Mm-hmm. We don't want to spend our life over here in survival land. No. And so not only is there a big toll on your physical body, but then there's a big toll on your relationships because it's very hard to be in a relationship with somebody whose brain only does either or. Right. And then... um it impacts your sleep. When you're over there, you don't get the stuff that's in the front of the brain. If you can get all the stuff over there, which you can using the interventions, in the front of the brain, you have choices, you have you have creativity, you have looking at other perspectives, you have problem solving, you have language, you have strategizing, you have all these things. If you're in the survival state, you're not in there because your your brain is we're built like this that survive but right now our life should not be about survival at this point no should be enjoying every moment (laughs) we've really done a great job as a species to get rid of so many threats like there are no lions and tigers coming around the corner (laughs) exactly don't know that yet but we're treating like we can't find a skirt like a lion or tiger is in our room it's the level of fear has skyrocketed yeah, because the survival system, it's not a thinking center. It doesn't say, okay, this is a little bit of fear. This is a big fear. This is... No, it's like, this is what we do here. Go. You know? <laughs> that right. is not, and so you don't want that part making decisions for you. And so mm-hmm. really your brain has the ability to overhaul what your survival system reacts to, why it's reacting to that. If it can complete its process with all this emotional distress that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And 
the reason why I focus on the emotional distress is because the positive emotions we experience do not register in the brain as pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually that's not hundred percent accurate, but they don't register as pain in the brain. And so they move through the brain's healing process. Naturally, the brain's maturation process naturally mm-hmm. in the negative emotions, they do register as pain. And so they, when they try to go through the pathways, the survival system will kick them out if they're too painful. And so that means that the front of the brain is only getting the happy, positive emotions. And then all this other stuff is just hanging down in your body somewhere. That means you're getting only some of your villagers information. And that's not okay. And you'll see people live with these and make solutions with this. And their life becomes very lopsided. Mm -hmm. That's the other pieces that that we want to avoid. We want to be able to integrate the quote-unquote negative with the positive mm-hmm. and if you've got an anxiety depression or trauma disorder if your brain quiets it's going to go into one of its healing modes which means it's going to go to the back and try and grab something and pull it through the healing mm-hmm. method mm-hmm. can't get it through it's going to go straight into a pain survival state so here you're trying to do something good and you ended up panicking and you know so we learn to avoid quiet states because it will actually cause pain for us because the process that opens in that is not fun Wow. Oh, that's really interesting. So that's probably why tapping is more effective for you. Yeah, because you're using that, you're desensitizing. But what I encourage people to do is work through the anxiety stuff, work through the post-traumatic stress, work through the childhood trauma, work through this stuff, which does not take a long time. It doesn't have to take a long time. My process takes for anxiety, depression, or trauma disorders two to six months. It is intensive and rigorous, mm-hmm. but it works really well. So clear that stuff out. And then all of a sudden you're able to do a lot of the meditative practice and it can be really fun. I find that when I have clients who are doing meditation, I'm finding that it's like that when they go into the quiet, their subconscious mind is able to do so much of the reorganizing without being micromanaged by the thinking center. Mm -hmm. Really positive. That's really powerful because it's like you, that that's like a brilliant cook without some other, non-cook getting in here and saying okay cook it at this temperature do this do that it's meditation just allows the reorganization of who you are and who you're going to be to come through and so I noticed that all this the other work that we're doing up here makes that a smoother process and especially if I've worked through some some bigger issues that have surfaced gosh meditation is the thing I want to do that just like I even try just to be absolutely still and quiet for as long as I can during those times and and those are wonderful right but you have to do the heavy duty work first so you don't you know I find that to be true I think I'm biased because I do work with people with complex anxiety depression and traumatic stress right and simpler ones so I would never recommend for them to just go do meditation I would never no 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 and says I'm doing meditation I love it great their brain says I can do this and I like it yeah Mm mm-hmm Well, I have one daughter, the way that really helps her to relax and self-calm is doing walking meditations. And that's really empowering. So there's so many different types of meditations and people just have to figure out what helps them calm down. (laughs) But I really appreciate all this information. You have been a real guiding force on this topic. And I was hoping you could share with us 
how our listeners can get in touch with you and learn more because I get your emails and I find them really, really helpful. So I think everyone should definitely sign up for regular email list. But could you share with our audience anything else that they can do? Yeah, well, on my website, there is um, Rachel, which is rachelmcleod.com, and that's spelled like Rachel. It's, um, and I'm sure that you'll have the links in there, but it's, yes. it's R-E-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And there I have a webinar teaching the, the five steps, right? Okay, I have a webinar. I have a Facebook group. On, on Facebook, it's called Releasing the Baggage of Anxiety, Depression, Traumatic Stress. I have lots of interventions in there. I will go live and do a training on any topic. Interventions for dissociation, interventions for um, la- not having enough boundaries, not being able to say no. I, I share all the interventions that I can stuff into people's pockets. I know. <laughs> on that. On that website, in that Facebook group. And also, I also send those out in my in my email list. I'm going to have so, to listen to the one about how do you say no. <laughs> oh, oh, it's awesome. And I have a YouTube channel that you can follow. And that will let you know each time that I post something. You can subscribe to that. And okay. yeah, everything should be available on my website. Oh, great, great. Thanks so much, Rachel. I've loved talking with you and hope to have you on the show again soon. A program that I've developed for people who want to resolve their anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. It's mm-hmm. called Inner World Transformation, and it's an eight-part program. And I've made this available as an online self-study program. And for those people who want me to walk them through each step of the process, I have an intensive coaching program available as well. That sounds really great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, thanks again and talk to you soon. Please find a comfortable position. And before we get started with a short meditation, why don't we take a page out of Rachel's book and go ahead and take your hands almost like you're making a cross and tap the side of your hand. And just keep tapping. And you can say a phrase if it's helpful, something that you want to release or a thought process. You could say, I am positive, I am positive. Whatever you're trying to do. And then just keep tapping, keep tapping. And let that repetitiveness Help calm your senses. And now take your right hand and just tap the top of your head. Just keep tapping the top of your head. And now take your two fingers on each hand and go right to above your eyebrows. And now just start tapping above your eyebrows. Notice how calm you feel, more relaxed. And now take your hands right on your temples and just tap your temples, both sides of your face. Keep tapping. And then right underneath your eye socket, go ahead and tap. 
And then go ahead and bring it down to your upper lip and just tap. And now take your hands, both hands right at your collarbone, right below your neck, and tap right there on the collarbone, both sides. Keep tapping. Now move your hands around your back, so right where you might, if you're a girl, have a bra strap, <laughs> and then tap right in that location on the side body. And then release, bring your hands back to that X and just tap the sides of your hands. And now rest your hands by your sides. And just take a moment to visualize a beautiful place. Maybe it's a place you go and visit or maybe it's imaginary. But wherever it is, you always feel safe and calm, well-loved. And see if you can let your thoughts drift away. You're exactly where you need to be. Right here, safe. soak into this relaxation. Even when you're going through a tough time, you can say to yourself, I'm going through a tough time. My friend sees me as valuable and deserving of compassion. I do matter. We all go through tough times. We all have a support system. Notice how calm you feel. The body's central nervous system has told your brain it's safe. And let all your worries drift away. And then when you wake up and take a shower, imagine the water just rinsing off any negativity, letting it leave the body. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.